Welcome, my pretties. Please do come inside, grab a beer, and have a seat, because things are about to get spooky. Hello and welcome back to The Spook Inn. I am your host, Saf, and this is a show where I drink beer and talk about horror movies. Today on the show, I'm drinking Into the Void from Moontown Brewing and Spookin' with Paranormal Activity. All right, I've got my beer in front of me. As I said, it is Into the Void from Moonton Brewing. It's an American porter, and it says, Black and medium-bodied robust porter with notes of chocolate and roasted malt balanced with a slight touch of caramel. It's 5.8 ABV and 33 IBUs, which is the sub-level 33 on our Geek IBU. Sublevel 33 is the secret apex lab where Mecha Godzilla is assembled in the Godzilla universe. All right, let's take a look at the can. It's a really cool can. Everything is black and white on the label. Into the Void is kind of splattered, or there's like black ink splattered on a back white wall, and Into the Void is kind of carved into it. And then we see this man sitting at a desk doing looks like a boring office job, looking at his computer. And then if you look at his face, his eyes are kind of gone. And there's like a train leaving his brain. uh, And then we see like what's going on inside of his mind. It's like him floating in space. He's holding a beer. And this is all like pencil sketchings, it looks like. Uh, There's like a spaceman. And it says, depart sanity now. Arrival, nowhere ever. That's like on a light post. There's eyeballs floating in space. There's a brain planet. There's like a bus that says Dank instead of NASA. It's like a bus spaceship. Really cool. Uh, I like the artwork on this one. It really says a lot with just black and white. If I look at the beer, it's very black, dark in color with a light tan head. It's not the blackest they come, but it's pretty close. I'm probably going to go with Predator Dreads for this one, sticking with my horror theme. If I smell it. I'm getting some like chocolatey notes, some roasted chocolate, kind of coffee-esque. It just kind of smells like a chocolatey porter, nothing too special about it, but uh, we'll see what it tastes like right now. Ooh, that is very smooth, very chocolate forward with a malty backbone. There's a slight bitterness to it. It's like a bitter chocolatey flavor. Definitely getting those roasted malts as well. Uh, The caramel doesn't come through a lot. It's more of those nice chocolatey, uh, dark chocolate notes. On Untapped, there are 935 ratings, and that is a 3.81 average. Friends-wise, I have Bill Kruziger. He gave it a 4.25. McBeer gave it a 4. Allison gave it a 4. And The Duke gave it a 4.25. Look forward to having duke on the show i think he's scheduled to come on for my alien episode and my predator episode so stay tuned for that uh he did not write anything in his comments uh, but he did enjoy the beer rejected it in 2019 globally scroll through here and see if i see anybody with some hilarious hilarious comments ray van stinkenstein says a multi a multi chocolate porter nothing special though and gave it a 275 I mean, a multi-chocolate deporter sounds good on its own. 
it doesn't have to be something special. Not seeing any other comments on here, which is sad. A lot of good scores around 375 and 4, which was where I was looking to check it in. Um, here's one. T. Alvi says, very good. Have this again. And gave it a 425. So maybe he uses untapped like uh, as a reminder for, of what beers to drink in the future. So he says, yeah, drink this one again. Because you might not remember it, but you liked it. Man, there's really nothing. But the reason I chose it for the Into the Void for this episode will come into focus later in the episode. But there are some voids in the paranormal activity universe. Voids, tunnels, who knows what to call them, really. Because they haven't really explained what they are yet, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let me check in my beer, since I'm not seeing anybody else's comments and I've not yet checked, checked it in. All right, what I said on Untapped was delicious roasty porter with nice malty chocolate notes. And I gave it a four out of five. And uh, yeah, it's just really good, uh, kind of your standard porter, just elevated a little bit with those chocolate and malty, roasted malt notes. Paranormal Activity is an American supernatural horror franchise consisting of eight films and additional media. Created by Oren Pelly, the original film premiered in 2007 and was widely released in 2009. The films are typically based around various families who become haunted by the demon Asimodius, Toby of the Book of Tobit that stalks, terrifies, and ultimately murders several members of the family and other bystanders during the course of the film. The series makes use of production cameras set up and used security cameras or other recording devices in an attempt to present the films as found footage. The series has received overall mixed reviews across all films. The first and third films received generally positive critical reception. The second and fifth film received more mixed reviews and the 4th, 6th, and 7th received mostly negative reviews. The series was financially successful, making strong profits based on return on investment. The series as a whole has grossed over 30 times the overall budget. These movies are cheap to make because they just use crappy security cameras, iPhone footage, laptops, and uh, kind of cuts it all together. And there's not a lot of gore or special effects because the paranormal activity is invisible so uh yeah it's easy to make these movies and they pull in a lot of money now let's talk about the films a little bit paranormal activity the first one set in 2006 a young couple katie and micah who have recently moved to a new house in san diego california are terrorized by a demon that has stalked katie since childhood the film is designed to look like found footage style film with Micah filming the activity in their house. I think it is the second most profitable film, meaning it was the cheapest to make. It made the most return on investment. Uh, number one, I think, is Blair Witch Project, which similar shitty video cameras, just found footage style. 
Paranormal Activity 2 came out in 2010. Set in August 2006, two months before the events of the first film, Katie's sister Christy and her family reside in Carlsbad, California, where they experience strange activity after her baby named Hunter is born. The film uses security cameras and in some scenes a handheld camera to film the activity in the house. After several nights of paranormal activity, Christy seems to be possessed and her husband performs some ritual to exorcise the demon, but this just passes it to Katie, which we already saw in the, the results of that in the first movie. The movie ends by continuing that story with the now-possessed Katie showing up at Christy's house and finishing its job. Paranormal Activity 3 from 2011 is set in September 1988. It focuses on a younger Katie and Christy who live with their mother Julie and her boyfriend Dennis in Santa Rosa, California. As they experience sightings and then encounter Toby, the demon, for the very first time. Concerned, Dennis decides to set up a few cameras around the house with the help of his friend Randy, who also encounters Toby as well. I believe he is a wedding videographer that's why he has all these cameras there are many cameras set around the house one of which is attached to a small oscillating fan that moves the camera back and forth from the kitchen area to the living room and vice versa the film also uses the handheld camera handled mainly by dennis paranormal activity 4 from 2012 is set in november of 2011 the film focuses on alex nelson and her family residing in a neighborhood in henderson nevada Family begin to experience hauntings concerning Alex's adopted brother, Wyatt, and after Katie and her mysterious son, Robbie, move in across the street. Alex, Alex is helped by her boyfriend, Ben, to film the activity via MacBook cameras, a video camera, an iPhone camera, and the Microsoft, Microsoft Connect technology. Alex has a younger brother. It is revealed that that brother was adopted as a baby and is actually Hunter from Paranormal Activity 2 and Katie is here to get him back. They never explain how Katie lost Hunter in the first place because last we saw in Paranormal Activity 2 that she kills Christy and takes the baby. And that uh, Microsoft Connect thing is pretty cool because it like shines a light, little lights in the air and with the use of infrared cameras they, you can kind of see them on the walls and stuff. And you can also get, a, like, a look at, like, ghosts and stuff moving around because it distorts the little dots. Pretty cool. Next, we have Paranormal Activity, The Marked Ones from 2014. It is set in June 2012 and follows a Latino community in Oxnard, California, where a group of high school graduates deal with the demon of a mysterious cult, which has marked one of them. They document their experience using basic tools of recording and with clues from the previous films to try to understand what is happening to them. At some point in this franchise, we learned of this coven of witches. To join this coven, you must give your firstborn son, who will become a marked one until they come of age. We learn in this film, these young males are marked by a demon to become vessels for said demon and eventually form an unstoppable army for the coven. We also learned at some point that Katie's grandma Lois is part of this coven, but she only had a daughter and the daughter only had daughters. 
This is why Christie's son is so important because that mark is passed down generationally until his son is born. An even bigger reveal in this film is the existence of interdimensional gateways. I call them voids. At the end of the movie, as Hector is being pursued by these supernatural forces from one of the coven's various meeting areas, which is Grandma Lois's house incidentally, which we see in the third movie. He stumbles into a special doorway to an unholy land, a special spell the witches have received from Toby. He is deposited into Katie and Micah's house from the original film back in 2006, so he somehow going through this door transported him from 2012 into 2006, just in time to see the the possessed Katie kill her boyfriend nearly six years earlier. Yes, that's right. Toby and his minions can time travel before either Hector or the audience can even start to fathom what has just transpired. Jesse follows through the doorway and kills him. Next up, we have Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension from 2015. Set in December 2013, the film follows the Fleegies, Fleege, Fleege family of three who, after having relocated to a house in Santa Rosa, California, discover several tapes set in 1992 that show Katie and Christy in the midst of their initiation ritual to enter a demonic coven. The family begins to be haunted by the demon when the daughter, Leela, is targeted as she was born on the same date as Hunter from Paranormal Activity 2. Along with the normal recorders, the family also discovers a unique video recorder that can visibly show supernatural happenings which they use to record the increasing paranormal activities. This is a bad idea because we know from previous films that the more attention you give to the entity, the stronger it becomes. So the best course of action in this universe is to just ignore these activities. I think this is meant to explain why this stuff keeps being caught on camera. Setting up cameras is giving it more attention and thus more power and then that is in turn being caught on those cameras and it's a never-ending cycle. The best thing to do is just to put all your cameras away, ignore and pretend like nothing's happening, which seems to be what Katie and Christy were doing in their adult lives until they met these dumbass men that couldn't help but get involved and make things worse. The, finally, that leads us to Paranormal Activity Next of Kin from 2021. This installment features a teenage girl named Margot, who, alongside a group of friends, attempt to make a documentary documentary on an Amish community to try and find out more about Margot's mysterious past, only for them to discover the horrific secrets the town holds. Although not addressing the events of its six predecessors, Next of Kin does still have slight connections to, by featuring the same demon and overarching antagonist, Toby, otherwise known as Osmodius from the Book of Tobit. And then it was announced that Paranormal Activity, The Other Side, would be coming in 2023. Not much is known about this film yet. The Other Side will feature four young friends who move into Katie and Christie's childhood house together before college starts, only to discover the gruesome past of their home and its connection to the 1988 incidents. It'll be set in the 90s and will reportedly address the fire that destroyed the the property, which has only been mentioned briefly in like one, two, or three 
they talked about how oh yeah their childhood home burned down mister mysteriously so it'll be nice to see what happened what caused that and hopefully some cool 90s nostalgia also interesting side note poltergeist 3 or poltergeist 2 one of the poltergeist sequels is also subtitled the other side All right, now it's time for the rankings. My number one is Paranormal Activity 1. It's a really great starting point, point, a simple idea, and I like how they keep building on it with every installment. The less, it, I, it gets less scary as it goes as well, as they explain more, but I do find it in, interesting filling in those gaps. Number two on my list is Paranormal Activity 3. It is a good prequel that fills in a lot of the backstory that's mentioned in the first two movies. I like seeing the little girls are both really good actors playing Christy and Katie as like 7 and 12 or whatever they're supposed to be. Um, I'm not really good with ages. The one down downside to this movie is there's it's set in 88, but nothing really looks... They didn't do a lot to like set decorations to make it even look like 88, but that's all right. They still use like VHS cameras, and so we got the quality of an 88 movie. Number three on my list is Paranormal Activity 2. It's a pretty smart prequel following Katie's younger sister, Christy, with a tag at the end that continues the story from the first movie. So it kind of sandwiches the first movie by starting us before the events, and then like, so you have to watch the second movie for like an hour then watch all of the first movie and then watch the last 20 to 30 minutes of the third movie and that's like the timeline which is pretty interesting but the the only real negative about it is it does a lot it's almost a remake of the first movie in some ways because it retreads a lot of the same plot it's just higher budget better actors uh, crisper cameras because the this family is a little bit richer than the other family, but yeah, it doesn't like build off a lot except for the last 10 minutes where we learn some stuff. Number four on my list is the marked ones. This is the Latino one that introduced time travel. So that's pretty much what, why this one's so high on my list. Well, it's right in the middle. It's lower because it doesn't really connect to our, Katie and Christy characters a ton until the very end when we start to learn about these cults and what the marked ones are and then the ultimate thing where they actually go into the first movie and but the fact that's net that's not explained yet either in the franchise is upsetting because it's a really genius idea they threw out there and it's just sitting there and nobody's done anything with it yet number five on my list is paranormal activity four which is the one with this new family we think that's not related to anybody, but we find out that their adopted son is Hunter. He's like six years old now or ten years old or something. And then we learn that a lot about Katie being on the run and kind of taking over this cult or being part of this coven of witches. Oh, that's pretty fascinating. But uh, the overall paranormal activity kind of lowered in this one there's not a lot of ghosts and stuff which is what you want to see i mean some people i'm here for the lore at this point there's not a lot of the shit that scares me 
right, number six on my list is Next of Kin, which is the one from the most recent one so far about the Amish people who aren't really Amish that we learn. It's pretty unrelated to the rest of the franchise, which is a negative, but they find a way to tie it into the rest of the movies. And hopefully they will in the future tie it in more because the way it ended with like a couple people surviving and now this demon is like loose because the whole plot is to spoil the ending. Margot was part of this group well her mom was and she had this baby and uh got rid of it took it to a hospital and abandoned it to protect it because what this cult does is transport this demon from mother to daughter to daughter to mother to daughter to mother to daughter like down the line because it's the only way to contain it they put the demon in this and then when the mother gets too weak to hold it anymore, now the daughter takes it until her daughter would young enough to take over. But there, it's like her mother knew it was a miserable life and didn't want her daughter to be stuck doing that. You're living in a pit with a demon inside you. But this cult type deal ends up locating this girl and luring her back to the Amish community so that they can use her. But they end up figuring out what's happening just in time, and the demon gets loose and starts killing everybody. And now it's like in one of the body of one of the guys. Just he kills some cops who come, and he takes the cop car and drives away. And lust, that's the last we know of that. So I'm interested to see how that continues. But that leaves me to my last one on the list, which is the ghost dimension. This is the one where the family discovers the Katie and Christie tapes from when they were younger and they locate this strange camera that can see ghosts an interesting concept because of the found footage nature it's a way to explain things but it's really silly it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and i think seeing the entity makes it less scary just have it be invisible it's scary enough there are some great moments that reuse some footage of young christy from the third movie and she's like talking to herself in the footage, but she's actually communicating to the people that are watching the VHS. So the guy, the guy and his daughter or somebody are watching the VHS having a conversation, like speculating what's going on in the video. And then the girl on the video starts responding to their speculations and saying like, no, you got to do, we're doing this, blah, blah, blah. And it's pretty, that's a pretty interesting device they use because... We see the footage earlier and it's just Christy talking to seemingly no one. And then we hear that same footage again where she's actually communicating to these people. <laughs> now would be the time I would get into some stats and kill counts, but there's no kill counts this time because that's not really what these movies are about. Typically there's about one or two deaths per movie. I think a couple of the later ones have more, but... Uh, it's not really that important. In lieu of that, I do have some an interesting piece of trivia. Paranormal Activity number one had three different endings. The original entails cops coming into the house the next day and shooting and killing Katie. The alternate ending features Katie gruesomely splitting, slitting her throat, and the theatrical ending is the most people saw in theaters when Katie supposedly kills Micah and becomes possessed by the demon. 
According to Entertainment Weekly, there is also an ending that was never filmed that would have had a possessed Katie cornering Micah and bludgeoning him with the camera while the viewers watch from the camera's point of view, which I think that would have been the most interesting ending because so much of this movie is about the camera and how much Micah wants the camera and Katie doesn't and all that. And it would just been like an interesting use of the camera to, after all that, see it be used as a weapon. And we just, we may not even be able to know what's happening until like she eventually drops the camera to the ground and sees Micah's dead body. Or it's like just a lingering shot of Micah's dead body. That would have been cool. And then the camera would like cut out because it's broken. But it's interesting that I think the other two endings would have had Katie dying. And she's been an integral part of the future movies. She's, I think she's in like four or five of them. So that's kind of funny. All right. And then now this would be the time I start playing some music. But these movies are all found footage stylized. And they don't have original scores. The only music we tend to hear is diegetic, meaning that the characters are listening to it in the movie on the radio, and that's just how we are hearing it, but it's not like an original score for the movie. Even over the credits, typically there's no sound unless it just happens to be playing during the last scene, like on camera in the last scene. But I do have the taglines, and then we'll wrap it up. For Paranormal Activity 1, ter- the, we've got what happens when you sleep, which... I don't know if that's the... I guess that's important for that first movie. Don't See It Alone, which I remember that being in the trailers. Like, they, it was back when they were doing that, like, night vision camera where people... That's during, like, the premiere of the movie and we're just seeing audience reactions of people, like, jumping out of their seats and screaming and crying. And then we also have Demand It, which was, like, their catchphrase more than anything because they, it was, like, independently released in 2007 and they wanted you to, like demand your theaters to show the movie and it didn't get like widely released for another two years then for act number two we have last year you demanded it but that was just the beginning and also in 2009 you demanded it nothing can prepare you for what's next and for number three it runs in the family or discover how the activity began which that's pretty good it's a prequel number four it's closer than you think. Or, all the activity has led to this. Which I guess they want you to know that Katie's back and it's like, this one's no longer a prequel, it's a sequel. Then number five, which is the marked ones. Once marked, it is already too late. That's all for that. And then the ghost dimension, which is number six. You can't save them. All you can do is watch. Playing into that. This is found footage and it's too late to actually help these people. Then we have, for the first time, you can see the activity, which is supposed to be a big selling point, but it, this one's actually like the worst in the series because of that. Then every secret we will be revealed. Huge lie, no secrets revealed, just some bad ghost footage. Then for the last movie, Next of Kin, there is not a tagline because this movie went straight to Paramount+, Plus, which the next movie is supposed to as well. Because it was a pretty big hit, I mean, it's cheaply made, like I said, and if it gets people to sign up for Paramount Plus, it will pay for itself. But that's all I got. I'll be back again next month, hopefully, with another Spookin' with Saf. But until then, I declare this meeting of Spookin' with Saf closed. Until next time, drink up 
and pleasant dreams, everyone. <laughs> oh, crap. Amadeus, Asimodius, 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 Asmodius. <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs>